This is News Talk 980 CKNW. A bit later on in the program, we are going to talk to Mike Smith about the first 100 days of a John Horgan government. We're also going to open up the phone lines and get your take on what you've seen so far, what you like, what you don't like, what you would like to see in the coming 100 days. But what we didn't see was John Horgan at the Premier's Conference that was just held. And Jason Markasoff is a writer with McLean's Magazine and has written about the absence, about the Premier's Conference, and he joins us on on the line to talk a bit more about that. Jason, good morning. Morning. Uh, tell us a little bit. You've written about the Premier's Conference and uh, about uh, the fact that BC did not have a representative uh, there. What do you think, or, or what, what was uh, kind of the feedback that you've heard uh, as far as uh, BC uh, being absent? People didn't want to talk too much about uh, about John Horkin there. They didn't, well, they wanted to give him some space. They didn't want to badmouth him. Um, you know, they obviously knew that there would have been a lot of tension there with John Horkin there. Um, they don't know if he's as gung ho on NAFTA as the rest of them are, and certainly on pipelines, there would have been real tension between him and uh, Rachel Notley. I think in some ways they might have been glad that he wasn't there because that would have. Be- turned the whole thing, made the whole thing become a big fight on pipelines and a big tension point between Rachel Notley, who the NDP premier in Alberta, who wants uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline to go through to Lower Mainland, and John Horgan, who was basically elected on a platform not to do so. That had become a real, uh, a real, a real storyline in what was otherwise a not very conflict-heavy uh, conference. Well, and there's plenty of speculation here that that is the very reason that John Horgan scheduled his swearing in to con- to, to be in conflict with the Premier's conference. So he also didn't have to go there and start his premiership uh, with a fight with his counterpart in Alberta. But you look at what he missed. I mean, and that's certainly right. I mean, that this you know that was to avoid this as a conflict as a conflict point. Um, you know, this way he gets to look more like a leader on the fires, have a big ceremony, not start it with a bit of conflict and tension. But he also missed a lot. Um, you know, you look at the big agenda items. They were opioids, and the opioid crisis is acute in BC, like it is nowhere else in the country, and legalization of marijuana. And marijuana is, of course, a huge part of the um, BC economy and might only grow as one um, as, you know, as it becomes legal next year. Those would have been huge points for him to discuss, very important points um, and perspectives for him to bring from BC to the rest of Canada. Um, and there was also some interesting subtle uh, subtle actions. I mean, these premier's conferences, nothing huge happens. These are not exciting, exciting, big, dr- drama-filled things unless there's some um, tension points. They don't make decisions, and it's tough to make 10 decisions for all the provinces all at once and on one fell swoop. Um, but they do some subtle things. Like they had some language on energy approvals. Of course, John Horgan has been really big on uh, criticizing the National Energy Board and with flawed processes, calling it a flawed process. But the premiers, led by Notley and Brad Wall in Saskatchewan, is also very pro pro energy development. Um, they said we want the energy. Pr- no, that they basically concluded with agreement from the premiers that we don't want unnecessary duplication in the process. We don't want delays in responsible development of Canada's natural resources, and we want to ensure regulatory certainty and timely decisions. That's not the sort of language that uh, Horgan likes. In fact, if he was at this conference, he would have been able to kind of neutralize and kill this language, not make it a consensus point for all the premiers. 
So that's the sort of subtle art of diplomacy that he, he missed by skipping this conference. And how important is it? Like you said, it's not as though they're really exciting events or life-changing, but they, they are a meeting of the premiers from across the country. How, how important is it, though, that, that every province has a representative there? Well, there, I mean, there is a, there is a low level, uh, not low level, but there is a senior bureaucrat from the Intergovernmental Affairs Department um, from BC being there, despite the fact that the premier wasn't there. Um, I mean, these are you know these are important things. He he can add his voice, he can add his perspective. He would have been the most left leaning um, premier there, uh, Rachel Notley, and the scheme of NDP uh, leaders across the country is not quite as NDP as uh, you know as some some may expect. He's very pro development. She's very pro free trade pro-pipeline, um, you know, she, she has some spending priorities that others might not. Um, but he could have added that perspective, he could have built relationships, he could have built forged alliances, maybe he would have become, you know, fast friends with Kathleen Wynne or some of the Atlantic premiers and been able to push ideas forward. Um, he's outside that consensus, he's outside that relationship, uh, and he will remain so until, I mean, gosh, who knows if he's going to be a premier next August or next July to be join the next premier's conference. And I suppose he gets a bit of a pass, even though the scheduling was done in a way that made it so he couldn't go. But I'm guessing with the wildfires that are burning right now in BC, he probably, and you point to this in your article as well, he probably wouldn't have left the province. Uh, he might not have been able to. I mean, you know, maybe you spend a day there, maybe you send your one of your cabinet surrogates um, out there to push your points and to to portray your perspectives. Um, you know, yeah, I think people would have understood either either way. Nobody was criticizing him for not coming out. Um, I mean, they said, you know, it would have been nice to have a premier there, but, you know, actually they weren't even saying much of that. They were just saying, look, he's going to do what he's going to do. He just got sworn and let him get his feet under him. He has a major crisis, and we're all concerned as premiers, you know, of the crisis, they were saying. I mean, a lot of provinces, including Alberta and Saskatchewan, have sent wildfire fighters out there. I mean, this is, a, you know, this is the largest emergency right now. In all of uh, you know, in all of Canada, as far as environmental emergencies, so they nobody was giving him a hard time for being there, but certainly they were able to do things they might not have been able to do without him. Right, and, and it must have changed the the tone as well. Just if if only looking at pipelines, if only looking at the Kinder Morgan project, had John Horgan been there, uh, the narrative would have been much different. Pipelines weren't much of the conversation on this one. I mean, they've been talking about pipelines and responsible energy development and environmental issues and climate change for many years. I mean, they had this in 2015. They struck this Canadian energy strategy, which doesn't really say definitively, yes, pipelines, no pipelines. But they sort of set out broad parameters of areas of agreement where, you know, you have to have proper environmental views and you have to, you know, you want to make sure you can bring energy projects to products to market you don't want to be, you know, put on the unnecessary delays. Um, John Horgan, had he been there, might have wanted to steer the debate in a different direction, or maybe, who knows, as a as an as a brand new premier, if he say had been, uh, you know, sworn in a week earlier, might not have had the confidence or forthrightness to maybe assert himself uh, and his BC NDP agenda on the uh, national stage. Uh, does it point to, or, or is there a defense then, if a premier can just skip one of these conferences, does it does it question the importance of them, or if they could just be done, um, they could be done with a phone call? Do, do we need to have the premiers all meeting in person uh, to hold these conferences? You know, that's a good question, and somebody asked that question at of the premiers at their closing press conference. And uh, what Premier Rachel Notley of Alberta said was, I couldn't imagine leading one of these, you know, by Skype, the 
given how much all, all the premiers want to talk and yak. I mean, that would be, I'd run screaming from that nightmare. Um, you know, they like to build relationships. If they want to, if they want to start lobbying, effectively lobbying, uh, Ottawa for more money or Prime Minister Trudeau to do certain things, like maybe in the future delay the implementation of, uh, legal marijuana uh, from July 1st next year to something maybe later. Um, they all want to be on the same page. They all want to basically get in a room, hash out a decision, and have strength and confidence in knowing each other believes in it to be able to say it with one voice. Um, when you get together over the phone, you don't have the same rapport. Um, you know, there are also new alliances built. Sometimes, you know, um, the Premier of Quebec and Ontario have become good friends through these. There was uh, some cooperation um, between the Premiers of Newfoundland and Quebec that there had never been before because those two provinces share uh, the Quebec-Labrador border. Um, so you can build, build relationships. You can kind of form rivalries in a way. Um, but you can also, you know, become, you know, you know, find points of agreement that help. I mean... Brad Wall from the Saskatchewan party, which is quite white ring and right wing and not Lee from the NDP in Alberta, do not get along in most things. But they sort of did team up without John Horgan there to uh, pass this language, basically telling Ottawa, we don't want too much change, too much change in the National Energy Board process. Um, and that sort of thing would have been uh, very different, like I said, if Horgan was there. Definitely. Well, Jason, thanks so much for joining us and for writing about this. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. All right. You too. That is Jason Markasoff. He is a writer with McLean's Magazine, taking a bit of a look back at the Premier's Conference and the notable absence of a Premier from British Columbia. We will take a short break. When we come back, we will get an update on the wildfire situation in the Okanagan. As we heard in the news yesterday, some communities north of there, around 100 Mile House and a bit north of there, some residents did get to return home yesterday. We also saw residents in the Ashcroft area figuring out exactly how much damage there was returning to some devastation in parts. So we'll get a bit of an update on what is happening and what we can expect coming up on the wildfire front as well. So stick with us. That's next right here on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.